you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy hellman hi everybody happy february i hope you're doing well i hope you're thriving and surviving this cold i always this time of year go through the winter blues and 2022 is no exception january had me really blue. February, I'm seeing a small light at the end of the tunnel, but it's all just felt so hard, so uncertain. And for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see that my background is a little bit different because now I'm no longer in my beautiful, magical storefront. I'm at home in a converted sunroom. That's pretty beautiful and pretty magical. It overlooks the Hudson River. I have a view of the Palisades. It's a panoramic view. Uh, No complaints. Maybe a few complaints. It's extra hot and it's extra cold and it's not so comfortable and it's much smaller and I'm just not inspired here. My kids come home from school and I love to see them, but they're constantly popping their heads in while I'm on Zoom with clients. The dog is constantly barking at the FedEx guy, and it's just not my storefront. But things have been really uncertain, so I just didn't feel comfortable signing a new lease when I don't know where I'm going to live. Everything feels so up in the air. Do you guys have things that feel up in the air, whether it's where you're going to live or family situations or work situations? I'm sure we can all understand or empathize with that feeling of being unsettled. But as an interior designer, it is extra unsettling because everything from the office is in my basement in boxes. And I don't want to invest in either time or energy in making this office more comfortable, even though it is very comfortable and I set it up very nicely. But I'm not going to hang any additional pictures. You know, I'm already looking on to my next steps, but I don't know what those will be. So I was sharing with my business friend that I was feeling really uncertain and he gave me some great advice. His name is Brian. And he said, Betsy, 
there is this quiz that you can take from Tony Robbins. He's a big Tony Robbins fan. I myself am not sure how I feel about Tony Robbins, especially after seeing the documentary on Netflix about Tony Robbins, but I'm always willing to learn something new, expand my mind, and of course, learn more about myself. Uh, so he mentioned that Tony Robbins has this quiz that's basically identifying six human needs and lets you know which needs are most important for you. So he said, Betsy, at this point in your life, when you're at a major crossroads where you have so many decisions in front of you, you should take this quiz. So I took that quiz right there on the spot with Brian watching, and my main motivation is certainty. I don't know if that would change based on where you are in your life, because I have a feeling certainty wasn't always my number one priority out of the six human needs, but gosh darn it, it feels like it is now. So I am a little bit unsettled, but I realized just yesterday, as the sun starts coming out a little bit more, as my winter doldrums lift, as I have a trip to LA planned, yes, I have a client flying me to LA to design her home next week, and that is just giving me a big old ray of hope. Well, I'll be back and I will be sure to tell you all about my time in Los Feliz designing a house in LA for one of my very good clients who I worked with years ago, who's just not only an amazing client, but now a friend. Anyway, it just really resonated with me that idea that I'm totally focused on certainty right now and that because everything feels uncertain, it's hard to feel confident or hard to feel joy. But I realized the other day that this could be an exploration. This could be a time of curiosity. This could be a time when I find something new versus lose something old. So I'm really excited to think about it that way. And um, I'm going to stop driving by my storefront and watching them take down the paint, take down the light fixtures, and transform it into something else for somebody else. Because that's just like, you know, picking a scab, right? All right, everyone. Well, you have been sending me in wonderful questions. And without further ado, I'm going to dive right into them. So my first question comes from Debbie. And Debbie writes, Hi, Betsy. It's Debbie from Uptown Design in Phoenix. Do you remember me? It's been a few years since I stopped by your shop in your adorable little town. I am so enjoying connecting with you and your listeners on your podcast. Thanks for keeping us all connected. On the topic of home office desk issues that we are being faced with, my solution is to get the desk that works best, style, size, and function. This will solve the issue of sitting too much, too long by updating your technology. Most people either work completely with a laptop or have a desktop and a laptop. Just call in a tech person who can connect all your devices, get Wi-Fi extenders throughout your home if needed, and voila! You now have the option to work anywhere in your home. You can move from the desk to a laptop to anywhere, to a kitchen island or counter. You can even take it outside on a nice afternoon. One day, we're going to be completely wireless. And at that time, you can just let your clients know that you'll be back to help them choose the right adjustable desk whenever that happens. I am with you. I would never raise or lower a desk during the day, week, or even a month. Who needs that hassle? On another topic, congratulations on all your business growth, the great ideas you are implementing. It warms my heart that your solutions are truly from a source of helping clients, designers, and DIYers. Thanks, Debbie. 
Well, Debbie, thank you so much for writing in. And I love your feedback. I think you're responding to some topics that I was talking about back in January, where I was planning on leaving my office, wasn't sure where I was going to work. And then people have been asking me a lot about sit-stand desks. And my own experience with a sit-stand desk was rather lackluster. I always loved the idea that I could make it stand, and I had it since July, July of 2021, but I never actually ever lifted it, ever. It just seemed like too much hassle. I was always just in the groove, and if I wanted to stand up, I'd walk around my office rather than lift my desk and put it back down later. Anyway, uh, I still am excited that I have a sit-down desk. You know, everybody loves options, even if we don't take advantage of them. I do not agree with you, however, Debbie, that we should think about working, you know, super mobily around our house. I love on a beautiful spring or summer day to go work outside on my patio. Nothing is more inspiring. I feel so free. I feel so motivated. But I really hate it when I go to clients' houses and, you know, they've got their dining table set up as a desk, but sometimes they do move to the kitchen island so that they can stand or just have a change of scenery. And so then they have some papers over there. And then sometimes they work at their couch. So they keep a charging station there. First of all, as somebody who runs a business, a seven-figure business, I cannot imagine not having that executive moment. I need at least a five-foot desk. I need at least two monitors. I need notebooks. I need uh, my planner. I need pens in 24 different colors. Yes, these are my pens, and I love them, and they are the Uniball Energel, I think they are. Oh, my gosh. I have two packs of 18, all in different colors, a total of 36 pins, but my children, now that I'm working from home, come in, steal their favorite colors, and run around the house. They do know mommy's pins are off limits, but they do like to push my buttons and push the top of my pins. Anyway, it drives me crazy when I see cords all over clients' houses, when they feel nomadic. Now, that's not to say that if you want to do a quick email, you shouldn't be able to do it from somewhere else. But I really do believe if you have any sort of job that's taxing, any sort of time that's spent on the computer, a dedicated workstation is so important for mental health as well. Because if I'm dragging my workstation all over my house, where's the boundary? Where can I shut it off? Where can I say, this is the place where I go to work? This is my work energy. And when I shut that door, when I leave that nook, I have different energy. I'm bringing my best to my family or I'm totally unplugging. I deeply believe that you should have at least one to three days a week where you totally unplug. You don't check your email. You don't think about work. You don't listen to motivational books about business. You don't listen to business podcasts. You completely shift focus. And it's called a free day in Strategic Coach, which is the business group that I belong to. But I think they're so vital. And I never used to think that before joining Strategic Coach. I used to be like, oh, you know, I'll just wake up in the morning, check my email real quick, and then go play with my family all day, see my friends at night. But even just the energy of checking my email, whether it was at the beginning of the day or in the middle, even just the energy of thinking about a client immediately changed my day. 
even if it was just for a few minutes. And it's hard to shake that. And it's also not rejuvenating. I need to fully recharge my batteries. So to challenge what you're saying, Debbie, I truly believe that if you have a job that stresses you out at any time, if you have anything that's mentally taxing, you do need that dedicated zone. And if you choose to take your laptop around because, you know, you don't want to be chained to the desk, and I do my best work, as you guys know, I design for all my clients in front of the TV, on my couch, with my laptop, while watching shows. That is just how I'm inspired. That's how my creativity works. And that is not at my desk. My desk is totally not creative energy, unless I'm podcasting, of course. But uh, but anyway, I do believe in work-life balance, and I do believe that having a nomadic desk situation around your house does not promote that. I'm open to getting into a debate, Debbie, but that's my two cents. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. My next email comes from Pia. Pia is located in Sweden, and she writes, Hi, Betsy and team. I would love some help with our laundry room. We will redo all the floors in our basement and then fix our depressing laundry room. I got the floor plan to where I want it, and I have my style. It's homey mid-century. So to my question, how to think about these countertops, cabinet fronts, poles, color, and lighting in a dark, depressing utilitarian space? especially lighting. The ceilings are low. I get that it's never going to look pretty. And with all the plumbing and concrete, I'm just going for something warm and homey that does not depress me. Any help would be most appreciated. Well, Pia, thank you so much for sending in questions. They, I'm sorry, pictures in addition to your questions, because they really help to illustrate the situation. And yes, right now, your laundry room is a little depressing. It has exposed pipes at the top. It appears to have concrete floors. It has a very utilitarian sink. It looks like you're going to be doing some pretty big renovations to it in terms of installing cabinetry and in terms of sort of making things feel more cohesive, maybe even boxing out those pipes. I just have a rendering here, so I don't have a sense of all of that is going to happen, but I think the idea is a very good one because right now it's so industrial, so exposed that it would be hard to just put 
lipstick on this little piggy without doing something more invasive. So I'm really excited that you're planning on doing some cabinetry, some countertops, etc. I think that the laundry room or small rooms in general, this even applies to say a powder room or even a mud room or even a small entryway. I think that small spaces are the perfect place to go bold, to have some fun, to be a little experimental, a little loud, because it is so small that it's not going to be overwhelming. And if you're feeling like this space is dark, depressing, gloomy, then let's make it more inspiring. Let's have some fun. Now, one thing I do want to mention is that I can see that the laundry room opens up to a curving staircase that does have some wallpaper. It does appear to be really well designed and really thoughtful. So I wouldn't want the laundry room necessarily to not relate at all to that area. You might want to have it share a style. You might want to have it share some parts of that 60-30-10 color palette. So that way it feels like a cohesive extension of that stairway and not just a strange anomaly fun room, right? One thing that I love to see in a laundry room, which some people don't always think about, is I love to see a backsplash, especially if you have a slop sink. Um, it just makes sense that in an area that would have a lot of water or splashing or just, you know, a lot of movement soap potential spills, a backsplash can be not only a really good functional thing to add, but also it can add a lot of color, vibrancy, playfulness. You can take a chance and do something in a bold color. You could take a chance and do something in a fun print, right? They have a lot of printed tiles that I'm finding really inspiring these days. Then, of course, if your floors are painted concrete, they might have a drain or something like that. It might make it a little bit more difficult if it's pitched to add tile. You wouldn't want to do anything like a carpeting. But I could definitely see painting the concrete in a less concrete color. Maybe we want to avoid the gray. They also have these really great things called vinyl rugs uh, or oilcloth rugs, which you know, I don't know if they have them in Sweden, but it's kind of a thing that's coming up right now in the United States. And it's very flat, almost like a plasticky placemat, but it has the design of a rug. It can get wet. It kind of adheres to the floor, not stickiness per se, but it doesn't shift around too much. And lots of different brands are offering them. They're quite durable and they come in all sorts of exciting patterns and sizes. So those would definitely be some thoughts. The other thing I would think about if it's dark in here is to get an overhead light fixture because I see you do have options for overheads. Get an overhead light fixture that has multiple bulbs and then be sure to put it on a full range dimmer because just because it could get really bright in here doesn't mean you always want it at max brightness. The one thing I would recommend is staying away from any tchotchkes, staying away from any lamps on the surface. You know, I don't do laundry in my house. My husband does. But I would imagine that if we had a nice laundry room like this, because right now we just have the basement and he brings it upstairs to fold. But if we had a nice laundry room with a big countertop, he would want that totally free for all of his folding, etc. So those are a few ideas for you, Pia, but I definitely think you can take that homey mid-century vibe and bring it down here. Whether it's in one of the mod patterns that you showed me, I 
think the pattern you showed me might be a wallpaper. And I'm totally open to using wallpaper. Just make sure that it's vinyl wallpaper so that it is more washable, more forgiving of water splatters, soap splatters, etc. Well, Pia, you're going to have to keep us posted because I want to see before and after pics when this laundry room is complete. All right, let's get to my next question. My next question comes from Allison in Vail, Colorado. Allison, I must say, Vail, Colorado is on my mind these days. I think another reason why my January depression is lifting is not just because the weather's getting slightly warmer, but also because the Olympics are on. I am an Olympic junkie. I watch hours every day. I record it. I can fast forward through the commercials. That way I can see everything I want to see and I can see it all before they post the scores online. I stayed up till 2 a.m. last night watching all sorts of things. I was essentially waiting for Sean White to qualify for the half pipe. And when he did, I just couldn't stop watching TV. I just kept it on because the Olympics are so enthralling. I myself have only been cross-country skiing. I've never downhill skied the only thing I've done that's close to that is I went tubing a couple years ago, and it was a blast. Uh, but everybody in the Olympics is either from Utah or from Colorado, at least in the Winter Olympics, of course. And I am just so intrigued by their journey, their story. I think if I lived in the mountains all the time, I would be skiing a lot too. I'm a little bit of a klutz, so I'd probably have a lot of injuries, and, and maybe I wouldn't be skiing. But I would definitely be in the lodge for the après ski. You know what I'm saying, Allison? So yes, all those United States athletes from Colorado and Utah, good for you. I'm sending you awesome vibes and I'll be watching you later today. All right, let's get into your question. You write, Betsy, I love your podcast. I spend hours hiking our beautiful Colorado trails, listening to your inspiring information. I appreciate your ability to combine affordable design solutions while still providing quality inspiration. We live in a 20-plus-year-old home, and we're starting to re-energize its current bones. I am replacing all of the baseboards and window casings to a three-and-a-quarter style shaker white trim. While doing this, I realize that my stair railing posts and handrails are completely trashed and outdated. I'm struggling with what to do with these. I do like the black cable railing systems, but I find them too outdoorsy for the interior entryway. The front door opens right up to the staircase, and I don't want something too busy because it's already a very tight area. I'm including some photos of the staircase from the front door and surrounding entryway photos. I appreciate any suggestions you may have. I look forward to listening to your podcast while going snowshoeing. Well, Allison, I am there with you. Um... You know, I either get jealous this time of year of people who are actively doing snow sports or people who live in Hawaii. It's one or the other. But uh, checking out your pictures, which are a huge help. And guys, if you want to see her pictures, just go over to the Affordable Interior Design YouTube channel. They'll all be there. But they're very illuminating in terms of understanding what to do here. Because the number one thing that you want to do is you want to make all the architectural details in the home. So architectural details refer to things that are intrinsic to the home, built into the home. 
not furniture, not artwork, not um, wallpaper or paint, but those architectural finishes, be they, you know, the renovation selections you've made in the bathroom or the kitchen, or of course, stairway selections. You want to make sure that they are cohesive with the era of the home with the exterior of the home, the home itself should be saying one thing, right? You don't want it to look like you updated it over time and the bathroom is from the 80s, the kitchen is from the 90s, the entryway is from the 60s. You want it to all look cohesive and in keeping with the style of the home. So while I have a lot of good pictures of your entryway, I don't have pictures of the home in general and the other finishes they're in. That being said, I can give you some general advice about this stairway. So first things first, I don't think you should do the cables either. I can tell that this home is not modern. And, you know, I'm going to be using the term modern, but actually we should be using contemporary, right? Because modern refers to a specific era of interior design that happened in the 50s. And based on the paneling and the door, etc., I'm going to say that this is more of a transitional style home than a super contemporary style home or like mid-century where everything is very clean lines, sleek, and minimal. That is not what this home is saying to me. So I would not do the cable balusters on the stairway. So I think you had good instincts there. The thing I would want to do is I would want to replace the balusters with something that's a little bit more simplistic. And for those of you who are wondering what balusters are, they are the spindles, right? So you have the handrail at the top. Then as it comes down, you have the newel post, which is that post at the very end of the stairway that often has some kind of decorative piece at the top. And then the spindles are those little pieces, the balusters are those little spindles that go all the way up the length of the stairway so that things don't fall through, right? So that kind of gives you a sense. And then there's typically a handrail on the other side. And I typically like the handrails and potentially even the newel post to be a different color texture than the balusters. So the balusters might be that nice fresh white that's the same as the trim, but I typically like the handrail and the newel post to be a wood tone or a darker tone so that it camouflages fingerprints. So it camouflages wear and tear because that's where everyone's touching, right? That's the piece that gets all the action. So the darker that it is, the less white that it is, the more those things will be camouflaged. Uh, that's why I also like to keep them a wood grain because if they're a wood grain, then there's some intrinsic patterning going on with that natural wood. And so again, it will further camouflage stains. If it's just painted black or just painted dark gray, you'll still be able to see those imperfections and chips. So that would be my takeaway is that maybe we get some balusters, we still keep them white, but we make them a more contemporary style. Uh, something that's more middle of the road and less ornate. We still keep the newel post and we still keep the idea of transitional in our mind, but we don't do anything too sleek and something much more minimal and clean. I hope that helped. You know, there's a lot of ways to go. And when you're thinking about changes in terms of renovations, you do want to think about that house holistically. I can see some bronze here on the door handle. Um, I'm just looking for any 
sort of finishes that I can latch on to. But then across the way, the other door has some silver. So you'll want to be really intentional with how you're mixing your metals. And if you choose to make the balusters metal instead of wood, maybe there's something like an iron, an iron baluster versus a wood baluster that could have some kind of decorative touch. You know, when I was doing my railings outside of my patio, I looked at these different companies that do fences and railings and it was all fairly uninspiring. And then somebody gave me the information for an iron worker who does build these railings, but instead of doing like prefab aluminum or something like that, he does each one forged by hand. And so he brought over this huge book, like it was 300 pages or something with all the different options for balusters. It was so inspiring. I thumbed through every page and found these really unique balusters that have sort of this clover inset because there are some balusters you'll find online that I think are really sold out. In other words, they're used too often and they really turn me off, especially as I'm looking for houses right now. I see so many like Home Depot style balusters. So if you do have the opportunity to use a craftsperson, um, a tradesman or woman, uh, that can be a really great way to get a unique look. And it was so cheap because those balusters were all pre-made too. They're just not what the builders are constantly selecting. So my home has this really custom look now, even though we literally clicked and bought those from a catalog. Is that TMI? Guys, it's been so long since I talked to you. I think I'm oversharing today, but you know, bear with me. Let's move to the next question. My next question, well, it's not so much of a question, it's a comment. So let me share it with you. It comes from LaToya. LaToya's in Maryland. And LaToya also went through the academy and she is so successful right now. She has a shop in Maryland where she is refurbishing things, where people are hiring her for her design services. I'm hoping that she'll be on our podcast very soon so she can share her super inspiring story with you because her background is so interesting and her journey from where she was to where she is. I mean, it's just really intriguing. Everyone, when they had a, a role before, when you didn't just know since you were in junior high or high school that you wanted to be an interior designer and follow that trajectory, if you had a career path before and decided that you wanted something new for yourself, Using those prior experiences to illuminate the new career you're choosing can just be such another layer, can set you apart from all your competitors. And her background is so intriguing that I just can't wait. Hopefully, I'll get to share it with you soon. LaToya, this is my way of asking you right now on the air if you'll be a guest on my podcast and share your story. In the meanwhile, let me read your notes. You write, hi, Betsy, you know who I am. I was listening to your podcast and I thought, hey, why not reach out? I was wondering, since the title of the podcast and due to supply chain issues, I was thinking maybe you could mention alternatives to interior design options, such as my twist on interior design. You definitely don't have to mention my little old shop, Lavish Furniture Flips. But I would love if you let your listeners know alternatives so that they would really open their minds to the items that they have in their possession, even heirloom or contemporary pieces that can be reimagined to fit their space and their design aesthetic. 
I not only do this because I love being able to create unique pieces for my clients, but also because it's sustainable. I love a home being a collection of things which creates interest and balance to a space. Not everything should be painted and everything can't be fixed, but knowing that there are options is a whole new world to designing in space. Again, I don't think that you need to mention me, but if you do, yay. As always, I adore you and all that you do for your listeners, especially your guidance. Be well, and honey, if I had the time, I would so apply for your position so I could learn even more from you. Well, thank you, LaToya. And yes, guys, if you are in the New York City or Washington, D.C. area, we are currently hiring interior designers. We plan on hiring in full force and training in March. So if you have interior design experience, if you've been through our academy, if you're located in the New York City or D.C. area, uh, you might be a perfect fit. So you'll want to head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash careers. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash careers to learn more about the opportunity. Well, LaToya, thank you so much for reminding the listeners that yes, you don't just have to shop retail. You don't have to buy things that are new. You are completely right. The supply chain issues right now are out of control. They have been since September. And while I have seen things getting a little bit better on our end, still, when you order a couch, if you can get it before August, it's amazing. Uh, If you know, even if they tell you, you can get it before August. Oftentimes they'll say, oh, your couch is coming in May. May arrives and it gets pushed back even more months. We have seen that time and time again. And so, yes, it's much more sustainable and much easier these days to buy something that's been pre-owned that you can click and buy on Facebook Marketplace or you can go to a consignment shop or secondhand shop like yours, LaToya, and just pick something up, right? But people are a little intimidated, which is why I hope you all listened to my podcast with the host from Farmhouse Vernacular because she gives so many tips on refurbishing, refinishing. And Latoya, I think when you come on my podcast, you might even be able to add to her tips with all of your knowledge because you you do refinish things as well as resell, as well as offering interior design services so that you can match your pieces with the person's home. And guys, if you're considering a career in interior design, know that there's so many paths open to you. You could sell furniture, right? Whether you want to be a wholesaler, whether you want to mark up retail items, or whether you want to find your own gems and fix them up or just resell them as is, right? There's so many different opportunities for making money in this field. And you just want to think creatively, maybe take the academy where we can help you think creatively and uh, help you kind of decide what your path looks like. Personally, Unfortunately, at my firm, we can only recommend retail because those beautiful refurbished items or the secondhand items, there's only one of them. So if that sells out, it's going to be very hard to find another one. They're unique, one-of-a-kind pieces, which makes your home unique and one-of-a-kind. But as an interior designer, it can make things a nightmare if I don't have control over that inventory. If I tell you, oh my gosh, you know, Joan in Connecticut, you should totally buy this bright blue sideboard that I found on Cherish because it's perfect for your space. And then somebody snaps it up before she could even press add to cart. There's nothing I can do. 
Whereas for LaToya, you know, you own that piece, LaToya, you control who buys it. And so if you've got it on hold for a client, then you know it's going to be in stock for them. So that's just a little bit of my hesitation. It's also my hesitation speaking about it too much here on this show because it's not something I'm actively able to do due to the one-of-a-kind nature of those pieces. But as some of you know from listening to my podcast, part of my love of interior design, and I would say it's maybe a small part, it's more maybe a part of my entrepreneurial DNA, is that my dad was an auctioneer. So in Missouri, my dad was an auctioneer for estate sales and things like that. We lived in his auction barn for a short time. So our house was attached to this big old barn where he'd open the doors and have his sales. So it's been ingrained in me since I was little to love old things and also to, you know, pave my own way. He owned his own auctioneering company. And uh, anyway, that's a whole different thing for a whole different day. But uh, I do have a total love and appreciation for old things. I love auctions. I love thrift stores. And I wish I was able to use those resources more with my clients. Everybody, I think I've chatted your ear off today. I look forward to talking to you again soon. If you have questions for me, please send them along to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. You just click right there and there is a form for you to fill out. And again, if you have interior design experience, have been through our academy, and you happen to live in New York City area or DC, please send us your information. We are actively hiring for designers right now. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.